Welcome to the Movie Vault. Welcome. My name is Zach. My name is Ben. And today, we'll try not to get too distracted by Purdue losing a game. Um, it's two minutes left, and they're definitely going to lose. <laughs> and I have the game on for some reason. But we watched a movie today in the theaters again. I'm sorry, Ben. Are you it's okay? A, it's okay. The, like, I'm used to this. Okay. Well, hopefully this, che- hopefully this movie cheers you up. Um, not sure it did. <laughs> but, so, for all Harry Styles fans out there... Woo! We went to see, um, now I forget the name of the movie. Don't Worry Darling. It's because I kept calling it Don't You Worry Darling before, and it's just Don't Worry Darling. Oh. Um, and it's directed by Olivia Wilde, who is an actress um, who's been in some stuff that I, I'm not actually sure, like, what is she most famous for? Dating Harry Styles. Okay, that's actually what she's most famous for? Yeah. And, and she, this is her second directorial yes. role. And this one's a little different because the last one was a more of a comedy. And yeah. this one is a thriller horror movie. And what was the last described. one? Um, it was like a book smart, like, like a comedy type okay. thing. Uh, I don't know if there was comedy a rom-com or like a, just a straight up comedy, but either way, um, this yeah, this is a psychological thriller, uh, according to Wikipedia. Did it thrill your psych- psyche? I mean, it did something to my psyche. I'm not sure it was like thrilling, but uh, it, the cast was pretty, you know, intense. It had Florence Pugh, Harry Styles, Olivia. Wy- Wait, which character? Did she play the the neighbor's wife. The neighbor's wife. Okay, um, that's what I thought. Uh, and then. Um, Gemma Chan from Eternals, Nick Kroll, mm-hmm. uh, who I would recognize from Parks and Rec. Yeah, he was in Parks and Rec. He was like a yeah, he was Crazy Ira and the douche. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Chris Pine, who my favorite Chris Pine performance is Hell or High Water. Mm-hmm. Really good movie. Um, and apparently Styles replaced Shia LaBeouf because there's a lot of controversy in this film. Maybe we'll read about that later. Um. Anyway, this so. This was this had quite a yeah. It says a multi-studio bidding war. New Line Cinema won out. There was a lot of hype around this project, and even I'll say the trailer, it it looked interesting to me. Um, so I was I was you know interested and excited about watching this movie. What were your feelings going into the movie, Zach? I think it was probably once I heard about it. It was probably in my no. Once I watched the trailer, it was probably in my top five of the year. For the latter half of the year, because we, you and I had been disappointed by multiple movies in 2022, um, with the only standout of this year being Everything Everywhere All at Once. That's really the only movie that's lived up to any sort of expectations, I feel like. For this year, right? And, I, and we've watched a fair amount of movies like that, that have come out this year, you know, um, looking back. I guess you haven't seen Top Gun, and we're going to review that later. Yeah, I'm waiting um, for that one. But like, like I've seen like Fresh... It was okay. Vengeance was okay. Bullet Train was okay. Yeah, I didn't. Thirteen like Lives Train. was all right. Lightyear, you know, Black Phone. Yeah, Lightyear, Black Phone, the Marvel movies, and it's just like everything's kind of been disappointing. So everything, everywhere, all at once has a special place in my heart for 2022. But for the latter half, we still have a couple of things. We you still know. have some things to look forward to. We are hoping to review Amsterdam because yeah. that looks really good. And the Way of the Water. The Way of the Water. Um. I would like to see The Whale. Do you know that movie? Yes, with uh, Brendan Fraser. With Brendan Fraser. He gained a lot uh, of I'm not weight sure for that movie. I'm not sure we'll review it for the podcast. We might not have time, but I'd like to at least see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe some of the other, like, there's some clearly Oscar bait movies like Babylon, yeah. which I was really that impressed by the trailer for that one. But I still couldn't understand what it was about. Yeah, and it kind of looked like this one where it was like you didn't really know what you were in for based on the trailer. No. Nah. Um, but no, to answer your question, I was very excited for this movie. I, I'm a v- big Harry Styles fan, not as an actor, <laughs> but, you know, as a whatever he's a singer, not in One Direction. But right. I also, I think Florence Pugh is one of the standout actresses in the past five years for me. Not because of Black Widow. I'm talking about some of her other roles and stuff. But she is she can she has lots of different range ranges and uh, yeah plays a bunch of different characters and it's it's nice. But Harry in this movie, I mean, we're getting, cutting into it already. But he he was a little flat for me. Yeah, but 
knowing the roles that he's been in in movies, he's been in Dunkirk, mm-hmm. and he's been in maybe uh, he was made a cameo in Eternals. He's going to take a bigger role there. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go to his Wikipedia page, but it's going to be hard to see movies because. <laughs> okay, here we go. Dunkirk Eternals. Yeah, so like Dunkirk was really his only role. He didn't really have to talk in Dunkirk. Mm-mm. So it was a perfect role for him because he was just... Is it weird that Christopher Nolan got him in there? I don't know. He can pretty much get anybody. And no, but is it weird? Like Christopher Nolan's movies are so structured and rigid. I don't know. I feel like having a guest star like Harry Styles in a movie is a little odd for a filmmaker of that. Yeah, type. it's definitely odd, but I've... Yeah, Christopher Nolan at this point, he just likes playing around with things, I think. And I think it was a big thing in that movie that the whole cast was British. Like, they all had uh, to be British. So maybe because of that, it limited some of his options. Historical accuracy. Yeah. Because, like, Tom Hardy, you know, like yeah. the kind of characters that were in that movie. Yeah. Um, James Corden. Yes. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> no, but, no. I Yeah, so my hype were, was up. But I, I'll just say, I was pretty disappointed this time. And that sucks because... What mo- we don't have many movies left for me to be, you know, not disappointed about this year. Yeah, because like even though there, there's we probably missed all the good ones. Like, there's what do you think? We, what do you out- think we missed that was good? Okay, maybe I should just look up on Letterbox like best of twenty twenty two and see what the people of Letterbox think. I could probably like do something more advanced, like sort like the. So here's here's somebody's list. Uh, so I see there's so many movies that like. Came, wait, nope is one. Maybe I heard Nope nice. was very good. Hustle is a Netflix movie with Adam Sandler that I've heard was all right. Um, okay, this person has 295. Um, Barbarians just came out. It's been getting pretty good reviews. Me, this person has men rated high, but I heard that was a terrible movie. No, it sucks. And I put that on my most excited for list, but when I saw what it was about and what was in it, I was like, I do not want to watch that movie. Um, Cha Cha Real Smooth I think is another one hmm. uh, that one's more of an indie film uh, I don't know if it's A24 but it's definitely like some sort of independent mo- movie some of that is based on definition too because like after Yang I, that might be a twenty. what about one. Grizz when does Grizz come out Ben Grizz <laughs> I don't know about Grizz so yeah I mean I don't know that we've missed a whole lot so maybe we're just hoping for a good end of year it's interesting because uh Maybe Backstage Cinema could speak on this because I heard them talking. They were like, I think we got a really a lot of really good movies this year. But looking at the list, I mean, Batman was good. So Yeah, but I'm not even going to put that on my list. Right. Because it's, it's a Batman movie. It's hard to like compare it to the other one. I mean, I, I liked it a lot. In fact, when we reviewed it, I said I loved it. And I do. Yeah. But it's not something I'm going to put on my list. It's not like... And good for them. I like that they love Batman. But I'm not going to do that. That's not me. Yeah. And uh, also, Zach... We'll follow you back on Instagram oh, man. when he opens Instagram again. Because he doesn't have Instagram right now is the current dilemma. Yeah, I don't want it. And he doesn't really want it either, I guess. Right? Yeah, I'm not, I don't feel any urge to. I might I might get it back just so I can follow you if I remember. Yeah. So that's your answer, Jaden and Mike. Yeah. Um, okay, so now to get back on track. Um, <laughs> Ben's transitions are the best. <laughs> no the one does it better. Out. Because <laughs> uh, I feel like a lot of sorts, because I was really not paying attention to doing this, which is my fault for the first like ten minutes. No, that's Purdue okay. did win, by the way. So not they won. My, that's is that where you're happy, Ben? Yeah, Ben, I'm so happy for you. Yeah. So basically, the plot, yeah. plot of this movie. So we're gonna do. Maybe I'll read like the, or go through the first part of the plot, and then we'll have a spoiler. Like, there's no, a if, no, who cares? plot twist in this movie so if you've gotten to this point and you really wanted to watch this movie and you don't want the plot to get spoiled then ben, we should just start our podcast with the biggest twist of ever i don't care i want to spoil i don't really care at all okay okay we'll just go with it all right so alice and jack chambers uh are a young happy couple in the 1950s 50s living in an idyllic neighborhood uh of the company town of victory california there's a mysterious company that they work for called Project Victory that pays for them. They all live here, and there's this guy named Frank who's sort of like the uh, overlord. That's Chris Pine's character. Alice is Florence Pugh's character, and Jack is Harry Styles' character. Um, and basically, the first 20 minutes, we find out how much... They love Alice each other. <laughs> Alice love each other. 
you can infer what that means. Um, there was a few kind of awkward scenes that were mostly just pretty uncomfortable. Ben and I were like, yeah, don't take your dad to see this movie. Yeah, don't. Uh, it's just, it's weird. And then, like, Frank is, like, walks in on them at some point and, like, doesn't say that he has. Like, it's weird. It it definitely starts it out in, like, a, why did this movie have to be like this type of way? But it, that's how it was. I mean, I guess because it has Harry Styles in it. I don't know. The sex appeal? Yeah, the sex appeal. Um, so... But pretty soon in, we start to get the feeling that everything's not all right, which if you had seen the trailer, you knew was coming. And then basically the next hour of the movie, so the first 20 minutes, the next hour is just Florence Pugh finding out more things are wrong and just having different like flashes of different things in her head. Yeah. And, and uh, just everyone saying that she's psychotic or neurotic and she's crazy and her trying to point out to Frank and to everyone else that Frank is controlling them and Frank like basically egging her on saying that she's actually right and that he wants her to uh, be competitive with him and that I mean that's a really a big overshoot of everything that happens but there's not really a lot of like important things that happen they just go to parties Alice and Jack they go to parties they hang out with their friends you know, Nick Kroll and Olivia Wilde are the other couple. Bunny is Olivia Wilde's character, and she's particularly important. There's also this character named Margaret who ends up killing herself. Um, and this is a really important point in the movie because uh, Florence Pugh's character, Alice, sees this, and she's like, she's telling everyone, and they don't believe her. They say, oh, she's fine. She's gone to the doctor. There's also this weird Dr. Collins character around and then we so we go through all that she's gone out to the edge of the universe where she almost breaks out but she gets put back in but she doesn't really know what happened um and then another another time around it it happens again where the dinner party blows up she gets mad at uh she gets mad at frank and mad at jack and then she tells jack we should run away from here um because we love each other. It doesn't matter where we go. We just got to get out of here. And he says yes, but then he's actually setting her up. And we see Harry Styles give a very uh, heart aching or whatever. Says some expletives. Makes his face look all crinkly. It's pretty funny, actually. Um, and then uh, we see the twist of the movie, which is that... So, Alice and Jack actually don't live in the 1950s. Alice is a surgeon, we think an attending physician, which is odd based on the rest of the movie. Um, Jack loses his job, we find through flashbacks or something or another, and Jack uh, hasn't been able to find a new job, so Alice is having to work 30-hour shifts in surgery, sleep six hours, and go back to working it. We'll discuss that later. <laughs> or maybe we'll just discuss it now. Does that happen? Do people work 30-hour Pro- Probably. Six hours? I, I, mean, think, I know they work crazy hours, but is it... I think sur- surgeons especially have weird hours. Yeah. Because you can't... You have, to pl- you have to plan around how long the surgery takes. But she said she stitched up 12 people. Yeah. I feel like you could have done six and then gone home. I don't know. Yeah. Like, it seemed... If it's a 30-hour surgery, mean, that makes I sense. I guess if you're, like, doing... Yeah, you're like picking up shifts. I don't know how it works as a surgeon. You don't. I, I don't think you pick up shifts. <laughs> like, it's not like you go on work day and. They have like a schedule and stuff, but it's still not like. No, it's very strict, and I'm pretty sure like there's administrators involved and legal legal stuff involved, well, and they, they don't want. They make their own decisions too. They don't want like surgeons to be super tired when they're and exhausted when they're doing surgery. I wouldn't think. I know, but at the same time, like some people will do like twelve-hour surgeries. Right. Yeah. So imagine trying to be focused for that long. Yeah. It's crazy. It is crazy. But and you have to have it because who else is gonna do it? There's only so many surgeries. Robots. Robots. Oh, well, maybe maybe we're getting there. But anyway, that's that's just sort of beside the point. Because uh, Jack has turned into a an online like the the internet has radicalized him. This is the whole plot. 
So they made him look really like different. Yeah, it, well, they were going for a specific end of the internet, and it, this is really interesting that they went this direction. So they went for the angle that Jack, who lives with a wife who's a strong woman who's a surgeon, he has become sort of a beta male terminology that might be used in, and he starts watching this guy who's like giving you know strict ideas about gender roles uh, if you've ever been in the alpha male community or you've ever seen I not even been in you've ever just watched videos that people who are in this community do it's sort of this idea that like we should go back to uh, like a 1950s era more structured household and guys should be valued based on how much money they make and they should be going for certain roles and women should be going for certain roles. And that's sort of the information that he's been watching based on that like sort of perspective. It's not really based on anything. The alpha male community isn't really based on anything other than like sort of a biological or evolutionary theory of how people are wired. Like that's the whole basis of it. Um, and so he buys into this and so his way of implementing it is to strap his wife to a bed and force her like make her go unconscious and force her into a VR world so yeah the victory project because his life sucks and her life sucks in his eyes so this will be a better life and he has to get up and so he actually goes to work now apparently (laughs) this this is what got him to work Who's a physician? Doesn't make any sense. That, why did they make her a physician? Because how are they poor? Yeah. That's, That's a, like I don't. I don't understand that. It's her first year as an attending. Maybe. I mean, I guess that's true. Maybe they live in California. It must be their first year as an attending. They could live in California because, like, right? You have all that medical debt. You're not necessarily like making yeah. in tons of money yeah but she said the hot water broke again like come on <laughs> yeah that's not like I, I mean I know you have debt but you don't have to pay it like right you need away. to take a shower to do surgery yeah I mean you need to smell enough man it's 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 a wild twist it is not a twist that I saw coming I I thought I did not see the virtual reality angle of this like what were you thinking out. I was thinking more like like just like a Truman show, like there's like a barrier and they just, but that doesn't really make sense. How would they really set that up? Um, so the virtual reality angle does make sense, but it's just funny now with this and the Batman, like seeing this sort of like Hollywood's idea of what the, like in the internet is like, in a yeah, with, you're talking about Paul Dano. Yeah. Like the yeah. Paul Dano character. Cause like, it, I mean, I see it. It just seems, it looks goofier, or it looks goofy when it's in a movie, because I feel like they don't really understand it. They just, like, throw it in there as a plot point. Yeah, because it happens, but it's not, like, common, I don't think, right? No, and it's not, and it it doesn't happen, like, to that extreme, but maybe, I mean, I get, movies are, like, do things to the extreme to, like, make a point sometimes, but, but, like, that's, Zach and I kind of narrowed, or Zach basically narrowed down this movie to, like, three different things, which is... The themes of the movie, which were gender roles, paranoia, and the American dream, which are really, yeah, what this movie was about. Um, so the first one being gender roles. This is gonna, this is a extremely touchy subject, but I think what this movie did was it like it made some good points, but it the extremes were so like prevalent that I don't like. What is, how do they view the world working? Like, do they think the world works like this, like, commonly nowadays? I don't know. I, what I think they did wrong, whether you agree with, you know, the feminist viewpoint or not, I think what went wrong with this movie and what they were trying, if, if this movie, I mean, Olivia Wilde is obviously a feminist. She's going through this script writing from the p- viewpoint of a feminist. So that's what Florence Pugh's character is trying to do. But I think she misstepped on her own part. Because I think, like, she set up a scenario that's so far beyond what people who are against feminism is to the point where it's just not realistic. So the challenges that she's facing just aren't realistic. Maybe they are on a small scale. And maybe I'm speaking out of turn. But from what I have known, and, like, I'm not stupid. Like, I can know things even if I don't don't fully know things. But 
I mean, you know what I mean. And, <laughs> and it's just, it set up this extreme scenario that's just, yeah, not realistic. And I don't know who was coming out of that movie thinking like, that's exactly what my life is. Yes, I can relate to that. Not because of the virtual reality thing, but just because of the like forcing someone into and maybe she was that was like a meta thing on like forcing the women into their roles like that but he literally strapped her down and it like it it takes you out of it like it wasn't satire it was just like so blunt that it it like didn't feel like it had any power because you're like it it was just it was disorienting almost it it reminded me of the movie don't look up a little bit yeah where it was just so in your face. Now, again, like, it's a much different movie than Don't Look Up, but it was very much in your face like that. The other thing was, like, this movie felt unfocused from that narrative for a lot of parts. Right. I think the love story was pretty good, but I think, like... Until- it also didn't make sense. Well, I, that's what I'm saying. He was forcing her into this. Even when she found out, like, she She's was still... still like, I love you. Yeah. Like they loved each other in the scene... Like before he, obviously he wouldn't have done something this extreme. I don't. I feel like something's going on with my mic. Let's see whether something's getting getting bumped. Here, you want to retest it and pause it? Yeah. Testing, testing. One, two, three. No, testing, testing. One, two, three, four, five. I just have to leave this up. All right. Three. Two, one. All right, we're back. Hopefully the mic issue got resolved. I'm sorry if you can't hear me very well for the first little bit. Um, But we were talking about how the movie felt somewhat disconnected from the plot. Yeah, it was, and it felt psychedelic at some points too, which I liked. Yeah. There was a lot of cool sequences. It reminded me of certain movies that I've seen. Uh, Now I'm trying to think of one. I'm like, I know I've seen a movie that's like... (laughs) That's like this where it's like flashing back and forth between like reality and this like weird, you know, uh, just random it, sequences that don't seem like it. Was the Jim Carrey show one that we watch? Oh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Was it that? Maybe a little bit. There's something with more flashing. I don't know the Requiem for a Dream. The Incredibles 2. The Incredibles. <laughs> the Incredibles. There's a lot of flashing. Yeah, I guess so. But... It's a certain style. Wolf on Wall Street. I, I kind of think that there's this movie doesn't work on multiple levels. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm now. I'm just saying out like like it doesn't work from a thematic point, but I also think that it's like extremely disjointed and like some of the stylistic choices. Like this looks like somebody who wanted to make something really cool, but like was try and was trying really hard to make it cool, but it's like not really that cool when you see it all together yeah like <laughs> i know that's not it's not a very descriptive thing to say no i get while it it's probably like you're not very cool which is not true i'll give okay. a specific though like the 1950s theme and the paranoia i thought went very well together but then sometimes they go for like they would like go for a little bit of comedy or like have some little bit of drama or like it would show all the wives talking and stuff like that and it, there was just no element of drama or not. There was no element of paranoia unless it was Florence Pugh's character. And when, that's good. You know, I think Florence Pugh did a really good job with the paranoia aspect. I thought of the movie that it reminded me of. What? It reminds me of Black Swan. Oh, yeah, you said that. Black Swan is a movie. That, and he, this will get to the, the idea of why I think this movie doesn't work. Black Swan is a movie that if you haven't seen it, it's Darren Aronofsky. He's known for being quite an ambitious director. It's a movie about a ballet dancer, um, and she's competing for a role in the Black Swan uh, ballet. And it's about obsession, you know, it's that sort of thing. But it, it starts, it becomes a psychedelic film where it's like blurring the lines between reality and, and the imagination. And, but what it does is it doesn't actually. Ever, there's no actual explanation for the the crossing of the lines between reality and not reality. It just happens. So you're you're going in and out between what's really happening in the character's real life and what is an imagination or an, a nightmare or any whatever you imagine it as. It's surrealist. It's a surrealist movie. This movie 
has elements of being surreal, but becomes very concrete at the end. Yeah, it's like a gun, not gun, but like it's like the action gun car chase at the end. Yeah, because because it instead of there being a imaginative barrier between reality and not reality, it's a very real barrier that it's like this person has been lied to and they're breaking into what is actually real in their life. That's a um, very, very good point. And it also leads into another thing. This movie is... Uh, it gets to about the American dream, but also just its arguments on life in general. It's a, it's very reminiscent of Brave New World, which is a book where people are happy all the time, but it's because their lives are so structured, um, and that they're and they're given drugs and different things to be happy. And as long as everybody stays in their role and does what they're supposed to, they're happy and they're never in pain or sad. And that's kind of what the argument of this movie is too, that it's not right that people are forced to be in a situation that they're happy, but they're held against their will. So, uh, and this is something that's interesting from the book Brave New World, is that at the end of the book, you realize that neither the people who are happy nor the people who are arguing that you shouldn't be forced to be happy really find the point at the end of the book. They're both kind of, in the wrong there's like there's actually like a third party that maybe should be entertained which Huxley I think actually said later on in his life so I know that was a lot of literary references I'm trying to get better I've been listening to Wisecrack's um, movie podcast that they had called Show Me the Meaning and they're they're all like philosophy nerds and they know all of these literary references and stuff and so they're always pulling out different stuff and it, it makes me jealous because I don't know I don't know enough to like just be uh, you know, without any research, just be pulling out random, you know, bits of literary or philosophical work. But those were the things that it made me think of in terms of like the American dream and the overall like argument the movie was making. But I think I think the 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 movies and books I pointed out did a better job than this movie did. Yeah, I think you had a good point about the physical barrier versus the supposed you know, spiritual or mental or psychological barrier because <clears throat> all these dreams that she was having were really just her, the trances of going into this system and coming out of the system. Whereas you're led to believe that maybe Frank has some psych psychic connection to her because he's, he's whispering these sayings into her ear and stuff like that. So you're led to believe all these things and what they, what they reveal to you is that really it's just this physical thing that some, guy hooked her up to and is now she's in this world so it was, it was just like they set up something that could have been even more if they added the mystical element i would not be mad if they you know they made it somewhat grounded like not grounded where like people are acting rationally but grounded as in you know this could happen maybe right. but you know you're led to believe different things and the psychological thing too like what is reality like you said it's sur it was you know they they had some surreal parts until the end but if they kept it surreal, this would if if they kept it surreal, the ending would look way different. They would be like some and like the message that would come across would be even I don't know. You know what I mean? Like the message that they tried to make a concrete message out of I don't know, a subjective manner, a subjective plot that is like predicting it to be subjective, but then it turns out concrete. And they're trying to send a message through that. Does that make sense at all? Yeah, okay. I, I, I mean, I think I get where you're, where you're going. At. It, it didn't. The message didn't fit the medium of the storytelling. I don't think. No. I don't think that you can do like a psychological thriller. You can, but in this case, the psychological thriller, since it was partially surrealist, didn't go with the concrete ending and the message that it was trying to portray. Especially if if the message is concrete. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I'll say about and it. And this is where I think, like, I'm thinking about Hollywood, and I'm thinking about how this production probably went, because there's different types of directors. So this movie seems like a plot that would be better given to a independent director, because they would have more of an outsider lens, whereas once you're in the world of Hollywood, I feel like your perception of how the world work becomes... <laughs> Where the world works becomes skewed. So they're trying to represent the lives of normal 
people, right? Like an sure. average couple that lives in an apartment who's come across some tough times, which you have no idea that's what the movie's about. But uh, and then they're representing this big idea of patriarchy, perhaps, and the American dream a little bit. Like everyone should want to live in the suburbs, and and uh, you know, life goes this way. The guys go to work in the 1950s. It might even be pointed at certain political groups and their slogans perhaps even um which is fine like it's i I think it's fine with art if you want to criticize or use it to critique uh political like messages or ideas and be like use it as a way to like point out some flaws and the ways of thinking like that's all well and good but the that's why i think an outsider would have been better fit for this because they would have more of a i can take my experience living like this person in this movie in an apartment that's not the greatest and across tough times uh into the movie and make it represent better also i don't i just don't know whether i like the i still don't really like the alpha male angle because i feel like that's too niche of a population also doesn't really offer any solution like it's just saying these guys are thinking this way they shouldn't think this way and they should die. I mean, I'm like it didn't. There's no like, yeah. And and even for the the women, it's there's not a lot of hope either because it's like you're gonna end up with this guy who loves you and he's just gonna go insane because of the internet. And, and I don't like. I still get hung up by the attending thing. Like, what? <laughs> what was the deal with that? Like, we get she's successful and like. It wasn't like she was. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just kidding. She didn't need know. to be successful. She yeah, she didn't need to be successful. It would I think it would have fit better if she wasn't. Yeah. Or if she was working double shifts at like a Dollar General or something, wouldn't that have been better? Like, cause she's working like 16 hours a day, but it's Dollar General. If she was doing double shifts at Dollar General, she would not be in that apartment. She would be in a better one. <laughs> Apparently, a surgeon is in that. This type of living situation. Yeah. I completely agree with you. I think it's like such a weird thing to end like that, especially when we don't know what happens to her when she wakes up. Yeah, and that was like some sort of random stylistic choice. To, sure, sure. Like but, we're gonna make the whole movie concrete, and then we're gonna have an ambiguous ending. But then, yeah, like you said, they offered no solution. So the relationship is in shambles. They made him out. They made Harry Styles's flat character to be like just a jerk they like they didn't even they made him like they don't like evil like yeah they don't they made, made a mustache twirling villain they don't make they didn't figure out a way to repair their relationship even yeah. if there was that issue of him being like way too domineering past any moral standard to the point where he's literally strapping her to a bed and they offer no solution obviously that calls for leaving him <laughs> like that's really yeah, bad. That's really bad. But I'm guess, saying and that's like that's the thing. She was still I mean, I get it. I guess But I'm saying like, like she ruined it with that. She could have repaired that relationship and taught different solutions for these you know, you know, somewhat even Yeah. No but I guess what. you don't have the movie if you don't have the extreme. I don't know. Because it's like No, but you had there have been other some things. other setup. This could have been a dream. For this to be in a world that was like making some of these points without it having to be like a I virtual give no, reality. No excuse for setup. Setup could be anything. Yeah. Setup could be absolute. You could think of anything to make your plot go the way that you want and make sense. And in the way that you want your message to get across as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is only Olivia Wilde's second movie. I'll give her one more before. I jump off the train, but maybe we should talk about some of the drama that went down behind in this movie. Yeah, but first, I want to I want to give a shout out to our guys over at Headman Anglin Agency. Um, even if you're in a fake world, they can they can give you insurance. You won't know that you're in a fake world, but if you have a 1950 Chevrolet, then they will insure that for you. Uh, right? Yes, they will. Okay, good. And you should you should you should call them at six one four four eight six seven three zero zero. That's six one four four eight six seven three zero zero zero. Tell them you have a nineteen fifty Chevrolet. Tell them you need it insured. Get that historic license plate. Get everything you need. Get that thing on the road because some people have these old cars that are just in their garage. They aren't licensed. Yeah, and they don't have insurance. If you get a historical license plate, then you don't have to replace it. Yeah, I don't. I don't believe so. 
And that's like older than 25. So even if you have like a 1991 Pontiac Aztec <laughs> or whatever. Like Walter White. Walter White. I don't know if they made those in 1991, but you know what I mean. <laughs> even if you have an old one, uh, they'll get it good. But yeah, there, there was some drama that went down with this uh, movie. Onset Conflicts. Uh, that's a whole section on the Wikipedia. So Shia LaBeouf, Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf was fired by Olivia Wilde over poor behavior and clashing with the cast and crew. Who do you think Here's Wilde's with? statement. As someone who is such an admirer of his work, LaBeouf was not conducive <laughs> to the ethos that I demand in my productions. He has a process that in some ways requ- seems to require a, combati- a combative energy, and I don't personally believe that is conducive to the best performances. I believe that creating a safe, trusting environment is the best way to get people to do their best work. Ultimately, my responsibility is to the production and to the cast to protect them. This, is what, hap- this is what happened, Ben. Shia LaBeouf goes on set. He's like, what? We're arguing against this? This is great. He's like, this is how life should be. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, I want to say that LaBeouf refuted these claims last month. Uh, so he waited until last month. There, and he's, he stated he quit the film despite Wilde's efforts to keep him on board. Yeah, right. So now he says he quit. He told Variety, he actually provided Variety with evidence to support his claims, including a video recording from Wilde addressed to him. So he came with receipts. Uh, and he said, I feel like I'm not ready to give up on this yet. Oh, no. This is, this is again, Olivia Wilde saying, saying to uh, Shay LaBeouf, I feel like I'm not ready to give up on this yet. And I, too, am heartbroken, and I want to figure this out. You know, I think this might be a wake-up call for Miss Flo, and I and I want to know if you're open to giving this a shot with me, with us. You know who Miss Flo is? Right. Florence Pugh. Uh. So she was in this, this drama. Following LaBeouf's statements, Wilde refuted his claims and once again said she fired him, and she fired him after Pugh expressed she was uncomfortable with LaBeouf's behavior Stating, my responsibility was told towards her. I'm like a mother, mother. I can't even say words, Zach. I'm like a mother wolf. He comes at his work with an intensity that can be combative. It wasn't the ethos that I demand in my productions. So Wild and Pew allegedly also clashed on set, leading to tensions during both production and promotion for the film. The two reportedly had a well duh hold on literally wilds with harry styles and she's making him make out with her boyfriend more than that yeah of course they fought yeah that's not surprising to me they had a screaming match on set and it was probably the that one first scene that they had together when when the screaming (laughs) match was you don't do that to him (laughs) tom emmerich oversaw a long negotiation process between wild pew and the studio to figure out how much Pew would be involved in the film moving forward. So... It's because Harry liked it. There was also scheduling conflicts with Dune Part 2. Um, so basically, there was all kinds of stuff going on with this movie. And perhaps, maybe they should have made a movie about the tensions between the three of them and made that the center do you, do you think there's one scene where they're filming where Florence Pugh and Harry Styles are kissing... And Olivia had just said some snarky comment to Harry, and Harry's like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna film this scene," and he like just kisses her and really it looks hard, like really, really like. And he looks like at her behind the it. camera and like does this face, and yeah. then, and Olivia Wilde's like, "Oh," and she gets so mad, but not at Harry, at Florence, and I think yeah. that that's I think that would heat it up a little bit. That would. I mean, I I had no idea that the two of them were dating, but it makes sense. Just think about how weird that would be. It would be weird. Then imagine your girlfriend hiring you in a film and making you make out with another woman. Yeah. And then that other woman fights with your and this girlfriend. And other woman is also a famous actress who people would think was attractive and it yeah. might make you jealous. Or might make a direct a better movie. Yeah. But, and then you have to make out with this girl and your girlfriend's telling you to, which is weird. Yeah. Normally they wouldn't. she's also mad at you for doing it. Or she's <laughs> mad at her. But she's telling you that you should. No, no but it's she's like a test. She's mad at you too. She's taking it out on on the other girl though. Yeah, she's taking it out, but she's mad at you. Yeah, it's like one of those back. It's like one of those reverse loops that you can't get out, like a feedback loop. <laughs> yeah, it's like she says to do. I do it. And she gets mad. Yeah, like, 
All right, you're gonna have to kiss her in the scene. No, don't kiss her. Wait, you just told me to kiss her. No, you said not well. To kiss if you her. like to kiss her that much, then you should kiss her, and then you kiss her, and, and like, you're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then you kiss her harder, and then she's like, uh, uh, what was that? And she goes, yeah, that was. You don't too even much. kiss me like that. Yeah, she goes, you think you're all that? Like saying it to the other girl, and she's like, oh yeah, well I kiss him way better than you do. That's probably what happened on set. <laughs> I would love to see the recording of the screaming match. That's what I want to see. Yeah, Shia LaBeouf's in the back just filming this. He's like, I gotta, I gotta take give, down. I gotta give this to Variety. He's like, I'm gonna build He's up also, this patriarchy. Like, <laughs> like Shayla Booth, Shayla Buff in this. Like, what an odd casting. Like, I, I don't know that I can even think of a movie I've watched that has and Transformers. I, Transformers. Like, yeah, I, like I, I don't watch Shia LaBeouf movies, and so I didn't have any idea that his like process of making movies was so intense it's probably not <laughs> that's what it, i'm saying like he sounds like a nice guy he, he had he actually had some trouble he was he got in trouble a lot though he did yeah yeah plagiarism legal issues abusive allegations yeah pretty bad so maybe maybe he wasn't the best on set yeah but recently converted to catholicism oh well because of that well, no wait no is that him then i have no I idea think what you're is. talking about to Shia LaBeouf become a Catholic? That's a big claim. Make, make sure you're right if you say that. Let me see. There's this movie that came out called... Father something? Father Stew. Uh, with Mark Wahlberg. But that has Mark Wahlberg in it. I swear Shia LaBeouf became... Yeah, I'm not really sure what, you're, what you mean. Well, I'm going to look this up because now I'm curious. Because I thought I was seeing all this stuff about like Shia LaBeouf. It wasn't Mark Wahlberg who became Catholic. I'm pretty sure. No. It was not... You see? Oh, yes. Shayla Booth embraces the Catholic faith. Oh, interesting. From the Catholic News Agency. Oh. So we'll see how long he sticks with that. But <laughs> hopefully that'll help him. Some of, the, some of the recent allegations were like two years ago. So hopefully he's figured out some things in his life. Yeah, but if he doesn't... Why would he go to... Never mind. Why would he become a Catholic if he's trying to avoid allegations? That's my question. <laughs> You're going to want to watch Spotlight to get that reference. Yeah. Or any documentary. Or any documentary. Yeah. No, I mean, that's that's just some crazy stuff on set. I don't think... Like, you're contractually obligated to continue movies. So, like, yeah. if you don't get along with someone, suck it up. Right. That's what your agent's telling you. I think you, you forget about that. Like, all these people, they're famous movie stars, but they do have a job, and they do have to do the job. And it's not just like automatic and they have to work together. You have to work together. It's not like one of those remote jobs where you can just do your own thing and you don't really have to talk to people. Do you think like Kevin Hart and Dwayne Johnson secretly hate each other? And they just say this? They like have a, a business-like relationship. Yeah. Like when they're, it's just them, they're like, well, this is awkward. Well, if you think about it, like in, your, in our regular person, personal lives, we only really, Nick, know a couple people really well. So... I imagine it's even less so of celebrities. You're probably more isolated than alone. Who do you think Olivia Wilde's close with? Harry Styles. Maybe not anymore, though. Um, no, I think they're I think they're fine. I don't even know, because I don't know who she runs around with. But. Well, she had a husband. She has kids. She left the husband for Harry. Which is a true story. That is a true fact. Jason Sudeikis? Was that the husband? I don't know. I don't care about Olivia Wilde. I have no idea. Anyway, yeah. We're not... <laughs> the movie vault is not going to become a gossip column, but... <laughs> no, I just thought this was interesting. Because no, it was interesting. Big it, controversy. This was... I was hearing about this. Like, this... And I don't, like, religiously follow movie news despite no. having a movie podcast, but I knew about this. And the thing is, like, on the red carpet, they all were walking, and they had... They, like, the cast would, like, forcefully split up Florence Pugh from Harry and Olivia... Interesting. And Florence didn't show up to like most of the interviews for the movie. Yeah, I heard. Yeah, that's what. And I'm pretty sure Chris Pine was in like some of the interviews, and he was so annoyed with Olivia Wilde. So I think Chris Pine was in on it too. Yeah. So there was a. a Do you think she was naggy, like a naggy director? I'm thinking. Well, just. Do you think, think she was passive aggressive? Think about the movie, okay? <laughs> and think about how the movie translates to what person you'd have to be. Snob. The movie seems passive aggressive. Okay, sure. Yeah, no, I agree. So, do you think she's like, all right, you can, yes, you can make that decision to make to do that, but just remember, like, who's running this show? 
in the movie, uh, Frank is the bad guy, but in real life, I am Frank. Olivia Wilde, or yeah, Olivia Wilde. What is uh, what's the name of the bunny from Donnie Darko? Is it Frank? Oh, Frank. Yeah, yeah. That's I was like, what Frank's great. Of. It's a great name. Okay, so I'm gonna bring up some other movies that are coming out, and we'll see whether you're excited about any of them, um, and how many more we can be disappointed about. M- movie speed run. Movie speed run. Okay, Blonde. Probably not going to watch this movie because it's an NC-17 movie about Marilyn Monroe. Oh, man. So, probably going to skip that one. Um, Amsterdam. I think we're both excited yeah, about that one. We're both. We're going to review it. Let's review yeah, it. Let's we're gonna just do say that we one. will. David O. Russell. I like him. I like the cast. Hopefully, it won't disappoint. Halloween Ends. I have not seen Halloween Kills. Exactly. Same. Did that come out a year ago? Halloween. I think maybe it was two years ago. So, it's been four years since we saw that in the... No, no. We saw Halloween... The, we, we saw we saw it at a drive-in and it hadn't come out a couple years before we, we saw, saw the Halloween was it 2019 it was, no we saw it in 2020 but it came out in 2018 and we were watching a re oh really it. yeah that's right so then 2020 2022 okay yes. so two years apart two years apart yes um I need to watch the original Halloween we might want to think about the, ori- the original is I think better much yeah, better probably um, let's see. Black Adam, not that excited. I don't know. Dwayne, the thing is, Black Adam doesn't look that good, but Dwayne Johnson as a superhero is something I've been waiting for for years. Yeah, that's true. So it, I'll still watch it. It'll be cool. Um, Armageddon Time. Nah. Don't know anything about it. It has Anthony Hopkins in it. Not excited about Enola Holmes 2. Um, The Menu, we saw the trailer for this one. Looks kind of interesting. So it looks okay. Um, but it looks kind of like a lot of other of this style of movie like uh the hunt or like reminds me of like knives out yeah knives out fresh like there's all these kind of like rich people who eat people kind of thing and i don't i actually don't know whether that was the goal what's the one that we watched cannibalism what's the one that we watched in theaters it's like a family it's like it's like hide and seek but like they kill you if you they find you I don't know that I saw that one in theaters. Oh, were you not invited? I might not have been invited to that. No, Ben, I would always invite you. You were probably out of town or dead. <laughs> yeah, one of the two. Uh, Steven Spielberg's directing a movie. I didn't know this. What? It's called The Fablemans, and it has Paul Dano. I have heard of this. Read the description for that, it says, actually. It's a semi-autobiographical, but still fictional, coming-of-age story about a young boy in post-war Arizona who aspires to become a filmmaker. So it's about him. So it's about him. Oh, that's perfect. Filmmakers are the best when they're making movies about filmmakers, about themselves, or about Hollywood. Sure. That's I'm making that blanket statement. <laughs> or about war. They're what's, good this, at war. what's this next one? Pinocchio, Guillermo del Toro. That one's good. I don't know. Like that's, that, one. that one looks cool, but we're zero for two for Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, for some reason. And we'd probably be zero for three if we did Shape of Water. So. Or Hellboy. <laughs> or Hellboy. Well, I don't know. Ron Perlman. I've seen Hellboy. I don't like you it. You don't like it? It's okay. cool. It's like cool. Yeah, but it's But not I'm not like... going to rewatch it. And then The Whale, of course. Um, with Read Darren. the description for The Whale. So Darren Aronofsky's, uh, it's about a severely overweight recluse who rece- seeks redemption from his estranged daughter. Uh. And there's been controversy regarding the content and themes of the film. But everyone is praising Frazier's performance. Everyone's on, like, they love Brendan Fra- Frazier. They love yeah. Brendan Frazier. Journey to like, the Center of the Earth. And the thing is, like, I never, he was, like, big before I was born, a little, like, 2000. Yeah, I think he was in The Mummy or something. Yep. And then he, I think he got ugly was his problem. And so now he's playing a 600-pound guy. And he's yeah, perfect. I think he balded, got bigger. But I think he's using he's that to his advantage. Pounds, but, yeah. But, you know who, you know who bought, brought dad bods back to Hollywood? Who? David Harbour. Oh yeah, he did. Yep. He did. I think that was him. David Harbour. Um, then I want to dance with somebody. We saw that trailer for that. No, um, I'm not, not that, that excited. Looks about boring. It. I've never really been a huge Whitney Houston fan. Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. No, thank nope. you. Florence Pugh's in it. Give us another Shrek, and I'll go. Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery. I actually need to watch. <laughs> I've Knives watched out. all of Knives Out except for the last twenty minutes. Oh. And that's not, but I wasn't really paying attention for half. So it, you so. watched the whole mystery until they revealed. Yeah, so I don't know the ending of Knives Out. Um, that's funny. So I should probably watch that before the next one comes out. Um, Babylon, we already talked about that. Not that excited. Um, 
and then Way of Water. So there's like a decent amount of movies to be maybe interested in, but I've I only seen, heard Amsterdam and Way of Water. Amsterdam and Way of Water will probably hit, um, and but, maybe we'll get one of like the Fablemans or a Glass Onion or one of those to also or do a Black Panther. Probably too. the Whale will be a good movie. It's just like. When they say stuff like the content and the themes are controversial, you never know how you're going to land on that. What about Black Panther 2? Oh, yeah, that one should be on the list. I'm pretty excited about that. I'm, like, as excited about it, maybe a little bit more excited about it than any Marvel movie, but, like, it's also a Marvel movie, so I'm not really that excited. I'm intrigued. But I'm intrigued, yeah, we'll to see where they go with it. I mean, it's like it was a groundbreaking movie when it came out. Whether you like it or not, it changed it was, Hollywood. Yeah, one of the most culturally significant movies. And the main character, like the actor died. So like, what do you do now? That's a yeah, big, like, big, big think, question. Can you think of any other movie that they've like tried to do this in? They would just end the series normally. Yeah. So. Yeah, if they were respectful. Yeah. <laughs> but Marvel, we know, it. they care about Disney, one thing. you mean. Disney cares about one thing, and it it's a dollar sign. I mean, movies are a business at the end of the day. They're going to make XXS Tentacion make the album for this next movie. <laughs> well, he's, he's also dead. Yeah, I'm saying, like, they're going to just make, just cash all these That's dead like, people. Actually, he had a whole Black Panther soundtrack, like, that he had already recorded that we just haven't released yet. <laughs> That'd be funny. Yeah. I mean, it would be sad. I mean, it's hard to say it'd be funny. Tupac made a Black Panther <laughs> album before he died. All those years ago. Tupac We're- and Biggie joint Black Panther <laughs> album. <laughs> They like CGI him in, and it's like he's like a spirit guide for Chadwick yeah. Boseman's character. Which, you no, know, what if Chadwick Bo- they they like who's the Black Panther in like the middle of the movie? He unmasked as a CGI Chadwick Boseman. <laughs> that would be so disrespectful. Yeah, what if they had Kendrick Lamar like replace him or oh, <laughs> Travis Scott? Kendrick Lamar's like really short too, so he would be like a not a like intimidating Black Panther. What's funny though is they they have done that with Carrie Fisher, like they like she's dead and they're using her in a movie. Yeah, they've done that. And like another Emperor Tarkin from Star Wars. Like yeah, they just put dead people in movies now. That is weird. They, imagine if your grandpa was the guy who played Grand Moff Tarkin and you just get to see him like. I said Emperor. I didn't mean to say Emperor. Yeah, uh, in like what was it? What was he in episode eight or whatever or seven? I don't know. Whatever he was in. He's he's dead, but he's in it. He's like, oh hey, Papa! Like you're CGI'd on the screen now, and your character is weird. Like they could make him do anything. Yeah, that's true. The power that they have. I mean, pretty soon they won't need actors. No, you. I've, I've heard. I've heard that, but I don't think it'll happen soon. No, and that's and here's the thing. I think that people will be able to tell. There's something that people like. It's the same argument with CGI and practical effects. People know when it's real and when it's not. It's not even real because it's on a screen, but whatever. (sighs) No, I agree. But yeah, like, if I died, Ben, and someone CGI'd me in a movie and made me say the F-bomb a thousand times, like, that's legal. Isn't it? I don't don't know how that works. As long as my mom, like, signs a contract she doesn't read. I mean, you can't even, you can't sue because you're dead. Can my family? Your family could unless they signed a contract that said, like, I agree to this intellectual rights yeah now they're gonna have to have like body not no that but not body that's a different that's a wrong term to use can you sign a contract that like makes it impossible like maybe like put it in your will that like says nobody can sign a contract in my name that uses my name image or likeness which is funny because like the name image likeness things is big now like being a d3 athlete i have to hear about like well if you want to do an nil deal which none of us are ever going to be popular enough to do like you have to go through these routes or whatever and that would be the same like i don't want people to use my name image or likeness when i'm dead so here sign a contract that says you can't use them it's just so weird it's abstract it's something that someone could easily find a loophole for yeah like, to use you or your name and in intellectual way. property is one of the things that doesn't really make sense like it's hard to legalize like you ways. can't define owning an idea or an like you can but you also can't how do you legislate synapses? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Huh. Maybe we're just getting too caught up like as the legal system. But the thing is, this is something that I thought about, Ben. And this has definitely been said before, but I just thought about it. The more personal rights that we have as a, like in any country, if we want to keep having all these personal rights, the more, like, the more freedom we have, the more personal rights. I've said this. 
the more laws that are needed to prevent people from going to the extremes in those ways. So the government keeps growing the more rights that we get. So no matter what... To make sure that the rights are maintained? Ex- that Not only maintained, but to prevent people... So let's say the right to... If teleportation occurs in the future. The right to teleport. Now the yeah. government is going to have to have this massive worldwide system of teleportation regulations. Right. And that, that gives the government so much more power than anything they've ever had before. Based yeah. on one new technology and one new freedom. So I gain one freedom, the government gains a hundred. Right. That's what I'm saying. So I, like in any circumstance, think of any right that you've gained and then think of how the government will have to regulate it. And those are all the rights that they get. Yeah, so I think, true. I think the government will grow exponentially while we grow non, you know, like addition. at a linear. Sure. Or at very small. Increase. Linearly. Of course. Yeah. That's just my theory. Oh, that may, I've never really thought about it that way, but that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Maybe we should make a movie. Like I had Olivia Wilde made a movie about that. That would be kind of interesting. She doesn't understand. She doesn't understand what I just said. Yeah. Well, her framework of the world is that uh, it's basically what she presented in this movie. I think. I don't know. Or Florence this is Pugh. just the extremes. Thing is, like, I love Florence Pugh though. I really do. She is a good actress. Yeah. I also love Harry Styles, but man, just stick to music. You could have made an album instead of being this movie. Yeah. Why can't anybody be satisfied? This is the... Well, Harry's on top of the like, world. What else do you do? You're a big musical artist. Why can't you get better at that? Why do you have to become an actress? Do you think Harry could become better? As, as a singer? In his gonna style. He's going to have to start doing something different. This is the thing. It's like, you want somebody to be good? Well, they, they're going to have to start experimenting a little bit. And he only has three albums, though. I'm not sure that he's really done too much experimenting. Nor would... It's like, does he even have the capability to do that? To act? No, to experiment. In his music? Yeah, like... His he, music is is changed since One Direction. Yeah, changed. It, I mean, his first album was a lot different than One Direction. For sure. And it was the most different of any of the other One Direction artists. Yes. He's yes. definitely the best of the One Direction artists. Yeah. But that's not like saying a ton because they're not really that... The other one's <laughs> not really that good at all. Come on, Louis. <laughs> Niall... The one had the one song called This Town. That was kind of a good song, but it was, you know, it was at least an okay song. But, like, I can't expect uh, Harry Styles to become Radiohead or anything like that. Okay. And his fans would also be upset if he was. But Radiohead's objectively, like, so much better. Sure, maybe. But they're also better because they're less popular. So it's the kind of that weird push and pull. So what I need to do is become... Like, broad appeal automatically makes you not as good. Is what yeah, I need to become super famous and wear Radiohead t-shirts. Yeah, and then that then you will hate them. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> or I'll hate you for like using Radiohead for like to be cool. And I'll wear a shirt. It's like that all says, the people wear Nirvana sorry, shirts ben. and have never listened to Nirvana. Yeah, you're like, oh, they're posers, man. But people will probably think that about me if I wore a Nirvana shirt. So it all goes around and around. The same thing happened with Queen. I know Queen was super popular, but now it's like everybody knows Queen. Yeah, it's like, like movies, everyone knows T-shirts. Everyone knows like Bohemian Rhapsody memes. Yeah, honestly, I think. Like, yeah, Queen's definitely very popular in a certain subgenre, people. Yeah, and yeah, because I like I heard like people were like, oh yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody, like that song like blew up, and like years after it. <laughs> they said that song blew up. No, no, I said that's what I said. I mean, like, I'm not making fun of the wordage. I'm saying like, of course, like it was yeah. popular before. It was popular before, but it, like became repopularized. I'm pretty sure. With, like running like, up the hill. Well, it didn't have a moment like that where it was in a TV show. It just like, got. A, that that was like a spike within 12 hours. Yeah. It was number one Which within the next so day. funny that they picked like Kate Bush because a lot of people don't like Kate Bush's voice, but like in musical circles, like people who are like super into music, super nerdy about music, they love Kate Bush. Like you look at their top albums of 1985, like Kate Bush's like Hounds of Love is like number one. Oh, and of the year so probably like top 10 of the decade in the 80s and and of course they pick like their her most popular song but other people probably like the the more like obscure songs that kate bush did or whatever but she has a she does have a very unique voice it like changes freak not frequency make a deal pitch. with god yeah like change it like goes up and down and i think that's it was good yeah but they didn't have to they didn't have to play it every single episode that was the only issue. And in Stranger Things, yeah. Yeah. They played it like in three separate episodes. Well, they made it like a plot point. So they, they had to play it a lot. 
True. I, it but it did, was very powerful. In it did four. sound cool. Yeah, it, yeah. When she was, yeah, that was good. When she was running yeah, away from Vecna, that was the best use of the song. I do like when he cut off the head of the Demogorgon with the sword. That was a little extra. Like it was yeah. weird and out of place, but it was really cool to see him use a flaming sword to cut off the head of a right. Demogorgon. Right. Yeah. yeah. They were like, "This is just be really awesome." So we'll just do this. They're like, Hopper hasn't done anything this season. Let's give him an ultimate moment at the Man, end. Man, that season was so hard to watch, but it was pretty good by the end. But I think I I do think it was still worth watching the entire thing for me. It was. I mean, it was worth watching the whole thing. I just I was like, why is this taking so long? Yeah, I was thinking. And like, I have that thing where like I can't like TV shows if they make me uncomfortable, I can't sit in how uncomfortable they make me. And so that makes watching the first like five episodes. I just need them to get to the point where they're doing the action and I know that they're going to be like just doing action and it's not going to be like people questioning them and them sneaking around. Like all that stuff makes me uncomfortable for some reason. Like, like what? I don't know why. Like I hated the parts with uh, that one guy who is like supposed to be the religious zealot and they portrayed him really weirdly. Um, who? The basketball guy. Basketball, basketball player. He was chasing them down. Oh, like, uh, What's yeah. What's his name? I forgot his Justin name. Jason? Jason. Yeah, I didn't like him at all, and he made well, me... Well, no, nobody work. likes him. He's, like, no, one that's of the most hated I characters. I can't deal with those characters, like... You have a band, like, it's just a TV show. I know, but it feels real. You have a, like, if any character you hate, you don't watch it? <laughs> I know, it's I'm bad. so confused. <laughs> yeah. How well, do you watch anything? I don't know. I just make myself get through it at some point. Okay. But, I mean, that's it fair. It probably didn't make any sense to anybody, but... It's no, it doesn't, it but I respect your decision to turn it off if there's a character you I just hate. paused it and came back to it. I mean, if it makes you feel better, he gets obliterated. <laughs> like, doesn't make me feel better. I don't want Splits him. in half. Don't want him to do that. I feel bad for him. So you don't watch it because you don't like him, but then when he dies, you don't feel bad. I feel bad. Or you, I mean, you feel bad. I'm Whatever. It's, it is what it is. I was clapping when he died. He's really? Annoying. I don't even remember when that happened. It's when the gates open out of the ground uh, and he's split in half. Jeez. Brutal. It's unforgiving. Sure. For Ben, it's unforgiving. For me, it's it's well well deserved. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no. Any yeah, Kate Bush, pretty good. I don't know anything else from Kate Bush. I once ran a couple miles to that song, not like over and over, just what I read I was listening to that song and it kind of motivated me but it, not really it's like four and a half minutes long so I was like oh, okay yeah Kate Bush's Hounds of Love is going to be number seven on the top uh, best albums of the 1980s on besteveralbums.com which is a website that aggregates rankings like Rotten Tomatoes so nice. it takes fan rankings and it makes them so The Queen is Dead by The Smiths is the number one Do Little by Pixies is number two Remain in Light by Talking Heads, number three. Disintegration by The Cures, number four. That's probably my favorite of the 80s. Uh, Stone Roses by The Stone Roses. That's another good album. Number five. Joshua Tree, U2, number six. Hounds of Love, Kate Bush, number seven. Daydream Nation, Sonic Youth, number eight. That's a pretty good album. Closer by Joy Division, number nine. That's probably going to be a pretty depressing album. Number 10, Thriller, Michael Jackson. Hmm. So that was an extremely random side tangent, but no, uh, it was good. I think it's helpful. I don't, I helpful mean, to have a understanding of which albums are popular. Sure. All yeah. right. Shall we close the vault now? Sure. Yeah. I mean, hopefully we talked enough. Hopefully you could hear me at the start. I still feel bad about that. Yeah, I do too. That's all right. Yeah. I mean, Olivia Wilde. Good job, Harry. Stick to music. No, not not necessarily a good job. I meant to say, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I meant to say Florence Pugh. Good job, Harry. Stick to uh, singing. Olivia, maybe for your third one, do a children's story without any messages at all. Maybe, yeah. She's. You got to work on the psychological thriller thing. I don't think it really worked. Sorry. I did. Maybe you know what she should do. She should direct an episode of Sesame Street. That'd be cool. Where Gordon teaches the puppets critical race theory. No, yeah, that could work. <laughs> I'm just joking. Who's Gordon though? Is it, He's like oh, one Gordon. of the adults yeah. in oh, the yeah. show. <laughs> yeah, I thought I was still thinking Thomas the Tom, Train, the crossover <laughs> from Bullet from Bullet. Yeah, yeah. No. That, that would be 
That would be interesting. Olivia Wilde is a diesel. Is a, she not? Is she a di- yeah, she's a, it sounded like it. Sounds like Florence Pugh might have been a diesel too. Maybe in Olivia Wilde's diesel 10 and yeah. Florence Pugh's diesel. And Shayla Booth just wanted to get out of it. And Harry is just a nice James. Right. He's just the angel. Aren't you the James? Only angel. However Only that sounds. angel. Ooh. Aren't you the James though? Yeah, I'm James. No, are you Edward? No, I'm Edward. I am Edward. I'm not James. That's all right. Rubbish. <laughs> Cinders and ashes. And I'm uh, Thomas. I get to drive Mr. Topham yeah. Hat around. <laughs> <laughs> You're the cool one. Yeah. Mr. Topham Hat likes me better. Right. You're the favorite because the show's named after you. And I'm number one. Thomas and his friends. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm going to close the vault. Go for it. Bro. <laughs>